Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to episode number 76 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. And I am Drew Humble with Drew and Sam Talk Training. On this episode, we're going to throw some TLAs at you, including NPS. We also might throw an FLA at you, including CSAT, which turns out not to be an FLA at all. But for those of you that have no idea what a TLA or an FLA is, sit back, buckle up, and enjoy this episode. Damn, that was a very nice tease for the episode. That was almost professional. Like, we're getting so good at this now. You know, I'm wearing my cans today instead of my earbuds, so I'm feeling like a, like a real radio guy. Um, if you've ever had a chance to listen to two twins in an album, when those two jokesters go into their radio voice, I mean, it is exactly like you're listening to a radio DJ. Those guys have got, got some skills for laying on the cheese thick. Oh, they do, but... The, the albums they pull out and the way they talk about the bands and some of the people they have on, they're a good list. Yeah, they, they really are. And they have, um, I think they're growing old of the, uh, the show though, because they were hitting it once a week and then it went to every other week. And now it's like, uh, you want to do an episode? <laughs> Whereas we're like, let's go every week, every week, every week. <laughs> Two twins. If you're listening and we know you are, Get your stuff together and get more episodes out there because we love them. So let's uh, let's talk about these TLAs, Drew, shall we? Certainly. Uh, for the listeners, I'll start with the first one. TLA is a three-letter acronym. It's the way we abbreviate things because we have to speak faster than the large syllable words will let us. And, and the challenge with TLAs out there is that we've got these expectations, which we've talked about numerous times. If you want to have great team members, you've got to have full-fledged expectations. And we've got these expectations for a level of execution in our stores or restaurants, depending on if you're Stan Gage or if you are uh, Shane Casey. So stores for you, Stan, restaurants for you, Shane. We've got this language that we use and how in the world can we expect our team members to perform and get a great NPS or CSAT if they don't know the TLAs and they can't speak the language. So we got to make sure that when we're throwing away these TLAs as if everybody knows what they are, that people really don't. So today we're going to talk about a, a couple of TLAs and an FLA, which turns out to not be an FLA at all, but just an abbreviation. And we're going to talk about a little NPS and some CSAT. So what in the world does NPS stand for, Drew? I believe it is Net Promoter Score, Sam. And for the uninitiated, it comes from Bain companies. I believe it's just Bain Incorporated now. It's a not Domino's thing. It's an everywhere, everybody thing. And if you've ever done any restaurant, the little thing at the bottom, how would you rank us? Would you share with your friends and family? That's the MPS. And, you know, when we did our virtual training event, which, by the way, is still available on Drew's website for uh, a very small poultry fee. You could get in there and really jump in and, and hear more about NPS and CSAT. But as we were getting ready for that, and I had my good friend Ben Crace down in Kentucky, he wanted me to talk to his team live and in person about CSAT and NPS. I had to do a lot of digging because I had, I would say, I would have, I had a very surface level of knowledge of NPS and CSAT and 
that's not what you and I do. We like to dig in deep and make sure people understand it. So I had to dig in deep. And the first thing I had to do was, you may remember this, um, I had to reach out to you and uh, to see if I could figure out what this FLA was, which turned out not to be an FLA at all, uh, but CSAT, because I was thinking it must be customer service and team or customer service after something that starts with T. And I get this text back that said, hey, dummy, it's just customer satisfaction. Yeah, it's the one rare time where all we did was just shorten it a little. But yeah. Yeah. So so in my deck, I say, what is CSAT? And then it says customer satisfaction. And then a little um, note to you, uh, a little another pop up in in green and in parentheses, it says, yes, that's really all it is. So that was just there's a little Drew in the Fowler Consulting going on there. Just just for you, I think of that. So I've, I've spent, gosh, the last two and a half weeks talking to probably over 80 people about NPS and CSAT. And I love what you said, how it came from Bain. Because as I was digging in, I learned that NPS is not a Domino's Pizza specific metric. It's pretty much any business that is customer facing tracks their NPS. And if you go on to a couple of different websites, you can see the different NPSs of different companies. And it's pretty interesting how Domino's Pizza domestically ranks with other places. You know, I went to a website forget which website it was. I could pull it up here in a second. But I looked at the different pizza categories. It was uh, pretty interesting that the different pizza places, what their NPSs were. you have any idea what some of our major competitors' NPSs? Actually, no. So let's play a game. Well, there's a part of me that like, all right, all right. Welcome to, welcome to the dichotomy of Drew. Here you go. There's a part of me that is like, I should know exactly what my competition's doing. I should know exactly where I rank amongst my competition. There's that part. And then there's the other part of, I don't give a crap what my competition is doing. If I do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to crush them and it won't matter. I'm evenly balanced at this moment. I'm in that second boat pretty solidly because, you know, I think you and I both say this in front of people. The only people you can control is yourself. You know, Satterwhite always says, all we've got to do is execute the playbook. And Mike Rampell always says, all we got to do is execute page one. And I think that if we just executed the playbook, it wouldn't matter what other places NPS is. So I, I don't share this with my workshops to let them know that we're better or worse than them. I just share it with them to give them some perspective. So we're going to play a little game. You ready? I'm going to give you, let me see. I'm going to give you a couple of businesses and you're going to tell me what their NPS is. And for those of you that are familiar with NPS, but maybe not what you would call a road scholar when it comes to NPS, this, this blew my mind when I was doing my research for NPS. And that is the possible score. The range of possibilities for your NPS score blew my mind because I was thinking back to school, you know, uh, zero to 100. And if I've got a 60, that's a D. And if I've got 70, that's a C, which was pretty good for me in high school. And if I got an 80, that's a B. And my parents wondered who I was cheating off. If I got a 90, that's an A. And my parents wondered who I bought my homework from. So, you know, I'm thinking 50, 60, 70, 80, you got to be somewhere in there. And then I started looking at how NPS was actually calculated. And turns out it's a percentage of promoters and then you subtract the percentage of detractors. So your possible score is minus 100 to 100. 
Now, in layman's terms, if you stop for a second, a minus 100 means you have 100% of your people who have filled out your net promoter survey are detractors. Correct. And if you're at 100% positive, that means 100% of the people who have filled it out are promoters. Correct. So the chance of having a minus 100 or a positive 100 are about the same chances of picking six numbers and not having to go to work the next day. Speaking of which, I won't be on the next podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Well, con- congratulations, Mega Millions winner. Okay, so we're going to play a game. I'm going to tell you a company. And I- I'm going to give you plus or minus 10. If you're Ooh, plus okay. or minus 10, uh, you are going to be considered a winner. And I will tell you that I got these numbers last week from a website called Comparably.com. So anybody listening can go to Comparably and, and see these as well. Yeah, and I would think that the numbers would be within one or two. Yeah, they'll uh, update and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first one I'm going to give you is, um, well, first we'll play a game. I will give you some clues and you tell me what the company is. Oh, ooh, how much fun. Okay, so this is a quick service restaurant. It is uh, typically drive-through or pickup. Uh, every time I go want buy one, um, I go buy it because the lines for the drive-through are a little Chick-fil-A. bit long. That is correct, sir. <laughs> Nicely done. Wow. Yeah. Didn't even have to say chicken. So again, uh, NPS minus 100 to 100, and I'm going to give you plus or minus 10. I'm going to actually keep score. Okay, so we've got Chick-fil-A up first, and uh, you're going to give me a number, and I'm going to tell you whether you're plus or minus 10. 35. You are not within plus or minus 10, and you are very low. 60. 65. Chick-fil-A is 65, which uh, for NPS, that 30 to 70 range puts you in great with your customers. So Chick-fil-A at uh, 65. Now, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Before we go on, right? It's Chick-fil-A. Everybody knows of Chick-fil-A. Everybody knows the lines are always long. I think there was a survey that came out you and I either mentioned it on here or in the virtual training about how like they have one of the longest drive-through times of anybody. Yeah. And yet they probably are the number one rated QSR. Let's do what we haven't done in a couple of episodes and let's, uh, let's go down that rabbit hole for a minute. Let's figure out how those long wait times are still producing this great NPS. And I've got a theory. I think it starts at the order taking. How so? Well, at Chick-fil-A, rarely do you order into a sneaker you talk to a person when the lines get long there's somebody out there taking your order a human being smiling at you and they typically have a tablet or something and you're not just talking to a speaker so in the words of jerry mayhill they humanize the experience Absolutely. And then when you get to the window, there's a smiling face. And when you get your food, there's a smiling face. I don't know. Maybe somebody should put together a document and call it page one. And we hire happy, smiling faces. So that'd be my theory why their number's so high. I mean, if I'm being completely transparent, I've eaten at Chick-fil-A a handful of times. I'm not, I would not call myself a heavy user of Chick-fil-A. I am not a promoter of Chick-fil-A, uh, nor have I like, I'm to your point, I'll eat there occasionally, but the, yeah, I drive by them way more often than I drive through them. Yeah. And for me, the food is good, but it's nothing special. 
I have never, ever had a bad experience at a Chick-fil-A. I've never, ever gone into a dirty Chick-fil-A. But for me, when I'm going to stop and eat food, the food has to be something I really want, or it has to be really fast, or it has to be really cheap. And Chick-fil-A does not check any of those boxes for me. With that said, if I'm with somebody that wants Chick-fil-A, I have zero problem going there. It's never a bad experience, but it's not something I would choose. But as I look at them and I see those people out in thunderstorms, out in snowstorms, out when it's 110 and sunny, and they've still got somebody out there taking the orders, I think that's why their numbers are so high. Because as you so well put, like Jeremy said, they are humanizing the experience. And it's almost like when you go to a sit-down restaurant, you get a table visit. I mean, you're making three contacts with human beings when you're in a Chick-fil-A line. Whereas most of the other places are one contact if you've seen the new taco bells where they drop the food down the, the drive through like the, the the bank teller that's a rabbit hole i'm not going to go down i mean you ready for your next one yeah please 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 get your please. ten thousand dollar pyramid uh starting i'm going to start with the clues um this is not food service this is an automotive company they produce cars they are tesla yeah, there you go. Nicely done. So uh, Tesla, you know, I think plus or minus 10 is too much. I'm going to give you plus or minus five because, and this is why, because you are my source of information for a lot of NPS and CSAT. I think you understand the scores a little bit better uh, than your average duck. You being able to place a number is probably easier than some of our listeners. So with that said, you've got plus or minus five. And um, right on the number scores double for for the fabulous prizes that could be at the end of this game. Tesla is a well-liked company by the people who own it. And those are the people that matter. NPS is about customers. It's not about potential customers. I can't just fill out an NPS and not own a Tesla. That's correct. That's important to mention. Because if I don't go to a Chick-fil-A, I don't show up in their NPS score. If I don't buy a Tesla, I don't show up in their NPS score. Correct. And you could even be a stockholder of Tesla and not show up in their NPS score. You've got to be a consumer of them. So if you're thinking, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, well, Elon just bought Twitter and that's that's kind of a colorful show that's going on, that's going to affect their NPS. It does not. Only people that own Teslas affect their NPS. So with that said, plus or minus five, what's your number? 72. 72. Wow. Uh, according to comparably.com, and I'll be honest with you because your number's not close. I don't have the website pulled up. No, I'm, I'm with I'm, you. I'm, okay. Okay. I, I checked a couple of different websites and Tesla's number was all over the board. Uh, one of them, it was higher than 72 and comparably.com. It was at 35. Really? Yeah. Comparably.com's data seemed to be more realistic to me. So as long as I was, Using all of their data, I, I, I kept it the same. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> wow. So yeah, Tesla 35. Let me give you one more and then we're going to jump into pizza. All right, let me see. Uh, this company's logo does not have their name in it. And when they took their name off the logo, people thought, oh, you really like some you. You think you have that much brand recognition. Uh, turned out they were correct. Thank you. No, uh, but I like that you just went for it. You just do it on your guess. 
Uh, this is, um, I would say that they're somewhat in our space, uh, but definitely an outer fringe of our space, our space being pizza, uh, because you can get food and beverage there. I didn't hear you say Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Starbucks is right. I saw you. I, I okay. can read lips. So yeah, Starbucks. Um, all right. Within five, according to comparably.com on one twenty one twenty three, what do you think Starbucks number is? People who like Starbucks really like Starbucks. I, I don't think Starbucks has the same appeal as Chick-fil-A or Tesla. Definitely. They don't have the same as, as Chick-fil-A. I'll give you that. Yeah. I like, it's still a high appeal. If it wasn't, it would go out of business. So I'm going to go 41. Oh my God. In the immortal words of Bob Uecker in major league. Just a bit outside. That's correct. 35. <laughs> Starbucks comes in at 35. Ah. All right, let's jump into the pizza space. Are you ready? I'm going to give you a hint and you tell me if, uh, if you know which brand this is and there's not a lot of brands to choose from because these are all national players uh, i'm going to say uh gold camaro Papa John's. there you go better ingredients better pizza what do you think their nps is according to comparably.com and i'll give you a hint better ingredients better pizza 18. yeah it's a little lower than that i'll give you a second guess Seven. it's a little lower than that i'll give you a third guess is it a negative yes no way. Uh, negative 10. I'm going to give you a fourth guess. It's a lot lower than that. Listeners, I, I wish you could see Drew's eyes right now. It looked like he saw his Chevy Avalanche for the first time. That's how wide his eyes were. Now, this is according to Comparably.com. And we all know that Papa John's has had a rough go of it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and sales were down, bad PR, bad marketing. I mean, their marketing now is just whatever Domino's is doing. We're going to put the same thing on TV. And if we're being honest, our entire space has had a rough couple of years when it comes to customer service. So with that said, I'm going to, I'm going to drop this number on you. <laughs> this, this might actually be our, our video ad for this one. Because when I tell you this number, I, I think your chin's going to drop. It's minus 26. That doesn't say better ingredients, better pizza to me. Minus 26. All right. I'm going to take you somewhere else now. You ready? Can I share a story? And maybe this gets edited out later. No, nah, it's not going to get edited out. This is going to be great. Sam, uh, I was helping a store in Salt Lake whose NPS was a negative 26. And that negative 26 meant probably 10 customer care cases a week, most of which weren't being answered. Uh, it meant three service times nearing a TV drama. Right. Yeah. I can't fathom an entire company being at that. I can. No, I get it, right? Because it's the competition all of it, but like, wow. And and I know a couple people who are who are running some of the stuff over there now. So now I totally just want to screenshot that and start texting them. <laughs> so minus 26. We're going to go back to the $10,000 pyramid. We've got less cho less choices now, um, and the brands get a little easier. This one's definitely okay. in, in our pizza space. Um, okay. And uh, definitely in our backyard. Oh, Little Caesars action. Little Caesars. All right, you've got plus or minus five to hit me with a number for Little Caesars. According to Comparably.com, Papa John's is a negative 26 and Starbucks is, I believe the number was a 35 because I was just outside. 
Do, do customers like Little Caesars more than Starbucks? Absolutely not. Less than Papa John's? Absolutely not. So I've got myself a window here. I'll tell you that you're looking into the correct window. And here's what I, I tell my class when they're trying to come up with a number, because this goes into their score for fabulous prizes at the end of the day. I believe, and I have nothing to base this on other than my own thoughts, I believe Little Caesars' expectations from their customers are less than Papa John's expectations from their customers or us from our customers. And I think that explains why they fit into that window between, somewhere in between, Papa John's and and, uh, Starbucks. They don't have the delivery component that could potentially drag them down because when you have a staffing issue on delivery, you're just hosed, right? Correct. They don't advertise better ingredients, better pizza. They just advertise cheap. They just advertise cheap. And now it's actually a little more expensive. So I'm going to go like 12. Yeah, you are not within plus or minus five. I'm not guessing again. Just give the the score. Minus nine. Here would be from my personal experience because yes, I have been in a rush. And yes, I have had only $5 in my pocket. And yes, I have purchased Little Caesars on occasion. Boy, have you lost your mind because I'll help you find it. Some of you may know my side hustle. I sell pizza ovens and I've sold a pizza oven or two to a Little Caesars. And on an install, you'll see how the bake is. And to me, the easiest way to check the bake Cut test is a good way, but tasting the product is the best way as far as I'm concerned. And I will tell you, a Little Caesars pizza right out of the oven doesn't suck. It's not as good as ours, but it doesn't suck. Their product deteriorates quickly. And if their gig is hot now and they put them in those press core hot holding cabinets, every minute they're in there, their quality goes down. And I would say that their customers are looking for value only. But even so, Part of the value proposition. Value has to be value has to be some quality of food at some point. Correct. Yes, and their quality of food goes way down really, really quickly. Can we cut to the chase for a second on this? Is there anybody in the pizza category that's a positive number? Um, the next two actually are. So the next one, um, apparently nobody out pizzas them. They claim to be eating Domino's lunch right now. Like they even said that on their investor call. Well, it's good that they're eating our lunch because our pizza is better. Their number. Uh-huh. Yeah, you like how I did that? Plus or minus yeah. five. What do you got? And they are positive. I'll give you that. 15. Oh, hey, winner, winner, chicken dinner. That at 11. So that puts you within four. And that's according to comparably.com. So let's jump into us. Domino's. Domino's Pizza, the number one pizza company in the world. Can we go back one second? One second. An 11 score means one out of nine people. One out of nine. It's like, hey, pizza's really good. Is it? Yeah, 11% would be one out of nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. One, one out of nine promote, like, are actively promoting. I can't fathom, I can't fathom negatives in this. Well, hang on a second. It's not necessarily one out of nine are promoting. It could be five out of nine are promoting and four out of nine are detracting. It could be three out of nine are promoting, two out of nine are detracting, and four out of nine are neutral. I mean, there's lots of ways to get there, right? Let me rephrase. Out of nine people, your promoters are only one more than the rest. Yeah. And I think it's un- it's important to understand that because when you're looking at your CSAT scorecard, if you look strictly at NPS, you don't get the whole story. Because I think if you have 
very few promoters and very few detractors and very many neutral, I don't think the wheels are falling off. I think you're right on the cusp of where you want to be. You just need to change a few things. But whereas if you have very few promoters and a whole lot of detractors and very few neutrals, then you got a, you've got a culture problem. You've got something that to its core is bad. So I think it's important to understand that whole detractors, promoters, and neutrals, because even though neutrals aren't figured in your actual NPS, you have to look at them if you want to know where you're at. They pull from the score. Yes. They pull from the possible number of scores. So each detractor and each promoter become become more important because there's so many neutrals. I mean, you and I are neutrals on Chick-fil-A, right? We're not. Correct. And I'll tell you, there, there used to be a time where I would talk about Chick-fil-A in class because they bailed me out. I, ever, I don't know if I've ever told this story on here. I don't recall it. We'll just, you know, story time with Drew for a minute. Here's the story. Uh, back in 09, when we were doing the high performance franchise class, the very first one we did on the road, I did in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And we catered lunch on one of the days because the other days we brought in, you know, randomly proof dough, cheese, pepperoni pizzas. We, we made folks eat our own product two of the days. And the third day we brought food in. That's always a good thing to do in class. People love it when we feed them pizza. Oh, well, I mean, it was a whole thing back then, right? Because <laughs> this is before new and inspired. So we were trying to make a point. We we're trying to get people back in the, the, especially franchisees back into their stores, back into making pizzas because we had this huge change coming. Sure. And so it's, it's the first event out and we decided we we're going to do Panera for lunch the next day. So at 4 PM, we reached out to the local Panera and they told us there wasn't enough time for them to do catering for us. That's awesome. Now, I mean, we're, we're talking catering for like 50. It's going to be like a thousand dollar order at a Panera. And they were like, no, we can't do it. We're like, can you do some of it? Can you, no, we can't do it. We don't have the people. We don't have the supplies. They turned away a thousand dollar order. Which honestly though, I'd rather have them say no up front than say yes and not get it there. Totally get it. Right. So we start scrambling. There's not a ton of places to pick from. We don't want to do like a burger place. And all of a sudden we're down to like two or three things. And, and my man Curtis Moore goes, there's Chick-fil-A down the road. We call Chick-fil-A. It's now like 7 p.m., 7.30. And Chick-fil-A is like, absolutely no problem. When, what time do you want it? We're like dead on at noon. We'll pick it up at 12 o'clock. They're like, great. We do this whole huge order with like 500 nuggets and all of this, this stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was just absolutely insane. And here's where and why I became a promoter, because you have one brand that was like, we can't do it. You have the other. It's like, absolutely no problem. When we pull up, it's a Thursday. They're doing what is the equivalent of a dough raiser. They're doing a double dough raiser event for these two elementary schools. And the way they have the program set up is each school gets whatever it was, I think it was a dollar per order for the day or something like that donated to them. But the one with the most orders gets double. And then you throw your order in as well. Right. So we, we show up at 1150 and stand the line is a half mile. Like it's not a long line. It's like police are directing traffic line. The lobby, they're in a Walmart parking lot and they are the parking lot. I, I can't describe to you the total chaos. And Curtis and I pull up and we're like, there's no way our order is going to be done. Because we know if this were a Domino's, like there's no way that order would be done. Like it's too big. There's too many people. No, we roll up and we're standing in line for a minute and we're 
very clearly in in logoed apparel. We're not in uniform, but we're in logoed apparel. And the manager sees us from like the other side of the kitchen area. She beelines over and she goes, you guys, the Domino's order, that's a big order. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. She's like, cool. We're just making sure you get all 500 of the, nug- the nuggets. We should have it ready for you in just a minute. Now, mind you, this is like 11.55. We walked out of Chick-fil-A at 11.58, two minutes ahead of the time we said we wanted to pick up the order. And they were busier than crap. Yeah, that's great, right? And that's an experience you'll remember forever. And and I used to teach that experience in, in all of my customer service classes because not only did they say yes, but then they over-delivered on their promise. Now, it's also been 15 years or 14 years. So like the shine has worn off for me some, but it's still just a great story. And I, I tell it now solely from a, I had an opposite story happen to me last week. You talked about Little Caesars. I, I ordered pizza from Papa John. Yes. All right. So, so the way this goes is really simple. My daughter moved away. We were helping her move in. It's Friday night. We've been driving half the day. We've been unloading, unpacking. And we told her she was picking dinner. So she wanted something to deliver so we could just keep going. And every delivery service that we could pull up. And I mean, every delivery service was quoting, quoting between 50 and 90 minutes. Every one. So for those of you listening, they're like, God, Domino's, everyone was quoting on their apps 50 to 90 minutes for delivery on a Friday night at six o'clock, which makes my heart hurt after really quick service times in Salt Lake. We can see the Papa John's from her window. It's 50 feet away. We order for pickup. It says 25 minutes. We go over at 30 and we wait like another 15 minutes in the lobby. And that crew could not care less that there were customers in the lobby. There are probably 20 orders standing in the lobby. They had turned delivery service off. They were moving slower than you could believe. And they just avoided eye contact with us completely. Well, that's easiest. That's easiest way. Just don't talk to them. I, I don't know why. Like, I, I, I look at that experience. I look at that Chick-fil-A experience, even though it was years ago. And the NPS scores kind of make total sense to me now. Yeah. I mean, the experiences that we have individually sometimes are great reflections of what's happening to an entire brand. And my experiences with Papa John's and Little Caesars, I would say, would put me as a detractor for sure. Notwithstanding your your time served with a competitor, of course you would think that we would always think that Domino's is higher, but you and I both know we've had some bad experiences there as well. Sure, of course. So which takes us to our Domino's score. Are you ready? 11 for Pizza Hut. What do you think the number one pizza company in the world has according to Comparably.com? And Hopefully there are listeners that have access to our actual NPS. And if you could tell us what it actually is, man, I'd appreciate it. According to comparably.com, within four, plus or minus four, since you hit the last one, I'm, I'm tightening the window. Let's play this out for a second. Inner monologue. It's not going to be Starbucks level. Is it better no. than Pizza Hut? Yes. I know it's a positive number. It is. So I've, I've got this this window where I'm hoping it's better than Pizza Hut. I know you just said it was. It's fine. I'm hoping it's better than Pizza Hut. I know it's less than Starbucks. That's a great window. You're onto something here, kid. Keep going. I'm going to go really close because I think that's what it is right now. So I'm going to go 16. And I gave you plus or minus four. Correct. Easy math with Drew and Sam. Is 16 plus or minus four of 20? Wow. Ding, ding, ding. Right on the edge. Yeah, so it's 20. And again, this is according to Comparably.com. I do not have access to national power data. 
So maybe ours is higher, maybe it's lower. I'm not sure. Um, I did have my client pull their company's NPS that I was working with, and they were at a 44, which is amazing. And knowing this client the way I know them, that 44, and honestly, um, the 20 makes sense. So I, I think the 20 is probably pretty close. So we've been rambling on about NPS. We never even got into CSAT. Maybe we can do that on another episode because we're getting uh, towards our window of what we like for acceptable time. And and there was something else we were going to talk about on this episode. So let's um, finish up NPS by saying, go to your system, go to Pulse and pull up at your NPS and take a look at it and see uh, see what your NPS is. And uh, for all means, or by all means, give your customers a little bit better experience. Listen to Jeremy Hill and humanize that experience and uh, raise that NPS. Because we'll talk about CSAT on another episode, but Drew and I are both in the camp of, if you could only look at one metric and one metric only, I'd look at CSAT. I actually agree. I think CSAT's a better score than your OA. It's better than your service number. I, I'm a huge fan of CSAT now, and it takes longer to move. You're not going to see immediate results, but it, it's such a better indicator of what your customers perceive your business to be. And that's the only thing that matters. Correct. Now, all those other metrics that we look at are all really important and they go into changing your CSAT. So if your CSAT's not where you want, I start looking at those other metrics. But if I'm only going to look at one metric every day, and I highly suggest you know where your CSAT is every day, I'm going to look at CSAT because that's what my customers say. And as important as the message coming from the brand is, as important as the messages that are coming from the person that signs the front of my check are, if the messages coming from my customers are saying I'm doing a great job, my guess is the messages from the guy that signs the front of my check and the messages from the brand are going to be pretty good. Sam, this came from a virtual training event. And then you built that into a class that you're doing in person. I did. I like in person. Hey, hey, Lee Frogger. Give me a second. Ribbit. Ribbit. We started the virtual training events because at the tail end of the pandemic, about what, uh, 18 months ago or so, there were folks who wanted more training, but couldn't get out in person. We were a little tentative to get groups of people together. Is that a fair way to put it? I would say that that is spot on, Skippy. We had these virtual training events, which they're okay. You and I are way better in person. We know that. Yeah, I think the virtual training events went really well. We had some good attendance. There's no replacement for in-person training. Let me me put it this way, folks. Our net promoter score was way higher than Chick-fil-A on the the virtual training events and Sam and I didn't think it should be that high because we have such a high bar for ourselves that we're like, we could be so much better. And in person, we perceive ourselves to be so much better. How's that, Sam? And and that perception is based on the feedback we get. It's not just us loving us some us. It's based on the feedback we get. We have to love ourselves some us. I think you and I are pretty harsh on ourselves when it comes to debriefing and seeing what we're going to do next. So along those lines, what we decide to do is shelf our virtual training events for 2023. In the event that you're like, hey, I really want that, reach out and we can figure something out. Uh, but what we want to do instead is actually bring it live and in person to you. 
So we've picked three locations around the country to do two days of training where Sam's going to go through some of this net promoter, some of the CSAT. I'm going to go through coach in two days and uh, we'll come to you live and in person. So uh, Lucas, drum roll, please. First on the calendar and save the dates, Tuesday and Wednesday, June 20th and 21st in beautiful Northeast United States, New Hampshire. I believe I was looking specifically at Manchester, New Hampshire, just because it's just big enough that we can find a really great place. So did you say Manchester or did you say Manchester? Manchester. Yeah. So the first one will be in Manchester. And then, um, you know, fast forward on the calendar a little bit into, uh, into the summertime where if you're a campus store, things are slowing down. Great time to get yourself some learning. August 22nd and 23rd, right in Drew and I's backyard where the mothership is located. We're going to do one of these things in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And we figure it's a, it's a little bit from an airport. It's a 40 minute drive, but it puts us near the mothership. If you want to go in, you can always schedule time there and check out the lobby, check out the dot shop that's there. And we'll do the two days of class. Or, or even better yet, you know, reach out to your um, franchise business consultant and see if you can schedule a tour. I know when you and I were at the building, Drew, we would do tours for anybody that came in. And I think they still do that. Uh, the building is just an amazing place to see. So maybe attack on a day before or a day after and you do that. And since this one's going to be in Ann Arbor, I'm kind of thinking on Thursday, maybe if anybody's interested, I'll throw a little uh, impromptu golf outing together. Oh, look at Sam. That, that joke yeah. prep there, we so discussed this. We did not discuss any of the golf. Trip. I will, you know what, Sam, I will happily golf with you. I'll just drive the cart. Yeah, that's cool. And then, oh, 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 after golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have a cookout and a beer tasting. Oh, an adult beverage or some, oh, I got you. All right. All right. You know what we're going to have to do though, um, Mr. Tenacity, yeah. is we're going to have to take take those bricks and finish the smoker. Uh, yeah, probably going to have to do that now. All right. All right. Let me, let me put that on. <laughs> and then... Um, uh, and, th and then we're going to do a third one as well in October. And uh, we thought somewhere, you know, like Minneapolis would be great in October. And then we remember that that's a fro frozen tundra. So um, we'll do it on the uh, the Gulf Coast of Florida in Tampa. And that'll be Tuesday, October 10th and Wednesday, October 11th. So mark your calendars again, one in June, one in August, one in October, uh, two days of of what we think will be exceptional learning. There'll be a couple of different tracks. You can either hang out with me, you can hang out with Drew, or you can choose which days you want to hang out with whomever uh, and get some learning. We will have this on both of our websites. We'll be shouting it from the rooftops. There'll be some early bird pricing. There'll be some, uh, some what's the word I'm looking discount. for here? Some enterprise, yeah, enterprise, enterprise pricing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so if you want to send a group, we'll uh, we'll take care of you, and we'll lock down locations here in the near future. So so pretty exciting stuff. Drew, Drew and Sam, virtual training, but not virtual, real deal, live and in person. It, it'll be better than a circus sideshow. And for our listeners, if you're like, hey, I'm not in the Northeast, I'm not in the Midwest, I'm not in the Southeast. What about me? Reach out to us. 
if if you want us to bring this circus sideshow to you in Portland, Oregon, or in San Diego, or in Arizona, just reach out and we'll we'll see if we can uh, get enough of you and your friends together to make this happen, Captain. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to, because uh, as I look at these, I realize we are not west of the Mississippi and we are happy to go west of the Mississippi. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. And we got some friends in Canada, too. I mean, we'll just make sure when we get to the border, we say we're just visiting friends so I don't get turned around again. Oh, Werner, if you're listening, buddy, that is another story for another day. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Great. Hey, listen, uh, we have uh, gone a little bit longer than we normally like to. We're approaching 40 minutes. So let's uh, let's dock this plane or uh, land land this boat. boat. (laughs) Yeah, that was just that was just for you, buddy. This has been episode number 76 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Like us, follow us, share this online. If you enjoy what we do, tell others because the more people that like it, follow us and share, the more guests we get, the bigger the guests and the less money we make somehow. Yeah, indeed. But uh, we love it. And hey, listen, if you don't like us, reach out to us via email and tell us what you'd like us to do instead because this show is for you even though it really seems like it's been all about us today but oh it's always uh, about us but yeah hey uh do me a favor go out and sell more pizza and have more fun that's all folks